back to the Fear Response Podcast. We are so glad to have you. I'm sure lots and lots of returning listeners can't get enough. Yes, welcome back, everybody. Today, we are going to be discussing another classic movie, The Omen, from 1976, which I am very excited for because it's always been one of my favorites. Yeah, mine as well. Uh, Before we get into all that... um, did you by any chance catch the sports game last night? I did. I thought the winning team did fabulously. Yes, but they also <laughs> so did the losing team, if you care to know. Yeah, what matters most is that they had fun with playing with their friends. Yeah, so I, I was speaking to my friend, and I was saying, I don't think that I have seen a slam dunk like that since 1971. You know, he just guys wide open. He passes to the man. Jumps up, interception, touchdown. Touchdown. Yeah, exactly. Crowd oh, yeah. goes wild. And so, you Pass know. Pass it but, to the man? Know, but the way Johnson's been playing, I mean, how could you blame anybody for, for rooting for that team? And boom goes the dynamite. Yeah, sorry if we've alienated any of our nerd listeners, but Jenna and I are cool jocks. Hasn't yeah. come up until now, yeah. but we're big sports guys. <laughs> Yes, so we're here to discuss the movie The Omen, not the remake. Uh, we're here to discuss the version from 1976. Oh, indeed, not the Julia Stiles one. Is the remake worth revisiting? I haven't even probably seen it I since have... June 6, 2006 when it came out. Yeah, I know that I've seen it in my life, but I, Me too. I don't remember anything about it besides that, and that it's got Julia Stiles in it. And I think Liev Schreiber, who you like. You know what? I do like him. I do like Liev Schreiber. And I don't know who the kid is. Mm, probably like Raven Simone or something. Probably. She was a very famous child. Would the actress. timing have been right? Macaulay Culkin, I don't know. Yeah. I always get them mixed up. Well, Macaulay Culkin's in another famous horror movie, Home Alone. Yeah. Which is like a home invasion horror type yeah. movie, right? Yeah, pretty scary to me. And he does some serious body and horror yeah, stuff. He has some tor- torture porn. <laughs> Okay, so before we get into it, do you remember? Did you remember much about this movie before seeing it again? Like, oh yes, yeah, I like most of the beats. I love this movie. Me too. Again, I don't know if you feel this way, but I had the impression that it was one of the ones that Dad introduced us to. But again, it's impossible to know. Maybe it's not. (laughs) You know, I might have retrograded that. But we definitely watched this movie when we were kids. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Like it was already a classic horror movie. When we were kids. Oh, we didn't, certainly it was. Yeah, we didn't watch it in 1976. No. But I think I have a bit of a soft spot for a lot of horror movies that were from that same decade. You know, that yeah. some about the 70s that were really great. Well, there just happened to be a lot of really great movies. Right. The Exorcist, The Omen. Like, there's lots of real classics that came out. So those are some big, big ones. Big players. Halloween. Yes. Halloween. Yeah, exactly. The 70s were great. The 80s too, like the 80s were great, but in a different way. It was like a lot more of the slasher stuff, a lot more of this, you know, the beginning of some of the like really campy horror stuff. But yeah, I I really love this movie and watching it back again. It was it was cool to kind of go through it with a bit of a critical eye more than I usually would. But I think it's just it's great. Holds up really well. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you know what? Uh, there's some parts that I want to talk about for like that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, when we, but it's near the end of the movie because I re I had to rewatch the end of the movie today. Let's just jump right in. Sure. So it does it like it actually begins in Rome. 
Yes, it begins in Rome. So is he, he's in some kind of political type position. He's, like, a, is, he's a diplomat. Is he the ambassador to Rome at the time? I don't know that he was the ambassador to Rome, but because then he gets the step up, he gets the promotion of being the ambassador to England. To, to England for America. Yes. So I think that he was probably something under that and he was in Rome for some reason. Yes. Doing some kind of work, I would imagine, under an ambassador. And then his wife's having a baby. Baby, they're told, baby dies. Yeah, okay. So I've got some notes about that because I thought that that was kind of interesting. So we open on that super creepy priest. I don't remember his name. Um, I think it's um, like Luigi Giovanni Italiano, I think it was. Okay. Father. I, <laughs> right. It's like he's in a corridor. So Robert Thorne is in a corridor and he's with the priest and the priest is trying to convince him to do an adoption right he says this there's says, baby, baby has dies. no family this one was born your at exactly died. the same like, time kathy is just like waiting around is just sitting around waiting for her baby she yes. thinks so she this knows. is what i mean like was this common for women that they would have to just like it's I like gotta, so. be, gotta be at least an hour from the time the evil priest tries oh. to start convincing him and him saying yes like i would have to think yeah and it's like don't don't ask kathy what she thinks yeah oh uh, Another thing, yes. And so, like, he... Because maybe she would have also said, yeah, you're right, I want to leave here with a baby. Yeah, maybe I probably would have said, I'm leaving here with a baby <laughs> if I was given the option. <laughs> and the priest says, on this night, God has given you a sign. And he's, like, really just trying to hook him on this thing. So, is the priest evil? Yes. Okay, why? So, the priest is in on the plan, and... I think he's basically just a bit servant of the devil. And like he wasn't always that way, maybe, but yeah. something happened. He's, he switched teams. All right. But later in the movie, when we see him again, he basically says he's doing penance because he, you know, he did a bad thing. Yes, yeah, so I'm just wondering how he ever got corrupted. So he looked awful. Well, he was in a fire. Well, no, sorry, not that. Oh. He looked really scary before. Oh. <laughs> like he looked like an evil, like hand wringing bad priest yeah well he does look like a bad guy yeah so just like mom waiting patiently to see if there's head or tail of her baby yeah she's like i gave birth you know that was that was crazy and now i'm just waiting to see this baby but wasn't that actually legit semi-common in the time was did that, they bring them right to the that nursery they, that they kind of brought them away and yeah, like maybe didn't, right didn't give them straight to mom well definitely it, it swung full full like the pendulum has swung to As where it's it like immediately right to the skin. Like yes. I know that for a fact yes. that maybe that's one of the reasons it's so hard for me to be like, why is no one connecting? Why is the mother not expecting to have seen her baby? by yes, now? Hello. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, are they in a convent? Like, they, is this I a, think is they're this in a, a, I think they're in a, like a religiously run hospital. Yeah. Okay. Cause they do re later. They refer to it as a hospital. Okay. So basically, you know, and spoiler alert for anybody, but what they've done is they've taken the real baby of Robert and Kathy Thorne and killed it. So it's like yeah. how many people were in on this thing? They just like dashed off who helped deliver the baby, who's Why the would doctor. They have to kill it? Why couldn't they just do the switcheroo and good question. Give it to someone else. I don't know, because they're evil bad guys. Yeah, evil bad priests and nuns. Yeah, exactly. But how, like just how high up does this thing go? Yeah. Not to say that priests and nuns can't be bad people. But these priests and nuns are like working for the devil, which you probably wouldn't see very often. That's what I would have to think the double agent nuns and priests yeah. at least have to be. That's a low number. Yeah, like, come on, that can't be very common. 
So yeah, I thought that that whole thing was crazy. There was a super cool scene, I thought, when the nun is giving Robert these eyes, like, please adopt this baby. Oh my but, God, oh my but God. But there's yeah. a reflection of Robert and a reflection of the priest. And the priest looks like he's in this dark corner. It's just so cool because really we're staring right at the nun, but we see the reflection of mm-hmm. Robert and the priest. And I thought that was a really cool scene. I must admit, I was looking only at the nun and thinking that she just seemed like, you know, the people on the uh, Price is Right who are showing off <laughs> like the car or whatever. That's what she was doing. And she was like, here's the baby. And then she made like kissy faces at it. Like, Yeah, she's like, oh, nothing, nothing wrong with this baby. I'll she's tell like, you that. Oh, look at this. Nothing, nothing tucked away in his healthy head of hair. I'll tell you that for free. Yeah. And not all babies are born with a healthy head of hair. So uh, don't I know it. Yeah, so props to the devil for for thinking of that yeah. well ahead of time. So yeah, that was a crazy scene for sure. Like I was, it what? it was quite a stretch to try to get this guy to just adopt this baby. What choice would you would you have made? I uh, would have told my wife at yeah. the very least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I don't think I I think maybe if I were in a situation like that, I might have said. You know what? Maybe I am open to adoption, but I shouldn't make this decision right now today. Oh, well, the, see, that would be your wise mind might say that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. My emotional mind would say, give me a baby. <laughs> I came here for a child. baby. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Give me the child. <laughs> That's what mine would say. <laughs> yeah, so the nun was giving like, not, not F me eyes, but adopt me eyes on behalf <laughs> of the baby. <laughs> the nurse was giving adopt me eyes. <laughs> And yeah, so I just thought that there was a really cool scene with them in the window. The priest looks evil as absolute hell. I wanted to introduce this kind of question. So knowing what we know about the movie, do you think that Robert is a good guy? So I don't know how much of it is colored by the fact that he's the protagonist and we're following his story. But I'm inclined to think that, yes, he is. So I agree. And I always thought, hey, he's a good guy. Like he's trying to do what he can. He loves his family. Yeah. But it's like he also makes this decision doesn't tell his wife yeah and he doesn't even tell his wife when people are dying all this crazy stuff's happening mm-hmm. he flies across the world <laughs> yeah she's just home <laughs> you know doesn't tell her it's under the assumption that his child might be evil and knowing it's not his well but maybe he thinks that's nuts i'm not gonna he, tell her he still did think it was nuts that's true but do you know what i think colors him as a good guy in my opinion is when he's literally fully believes that he's the devil now or like the antichrist that is fully believes that but then he's still like i can't like i have to stab him i can't do it like that he still is like conflicted about it but i don't one of the few times the kid actually talks he's like no daddy (laughs) the rest of the time he goes like ah you (laughs) know what cries out didn't know when we'd get into this but do you think that that kid was probably like a pretty bad actor? Because I think he probably was. Yeah. That kid is five and he probably says like five words yeah. the whole yeah. movie. Everything else is just like him kind of looking at things, smiling at them, yeah. waving at the dog. And it's he's yeah. five years old, like five year olds that I've experienced yeah. in Met talk of Blue Street. Oh, yeah. They kind of gave very simple direction to this child. For exactly. Sure. Right. But uh, I do think that I do ultimately think that he's a good guy, but obviously quite morally gray. And how and some of the decisions he makes are probably colored just by the time. Right. Like in the 70s. Yeah, maybe he would. Maybe more men would feel comfortable making choices without the say so. That's true. He's the head of the household, which maybe. And I mean, not to say that that's good, but 
No, it's not. Yeah, I think by today's standards, we would say that's probably not good. But I, I agree. Like, or I'm, I, what I mean is not to say that, that it excuses it, but maybe, maybe he's just a decisive guy too. Like, sometimes there's a person in the relationship who's more decisive than the other. Yeah, you know, and like, I think he clearly, really seems to love his wife very 100%. much. Well, one of the next scenes is when they go to that uh, when he. I thought it was very cute the way he comes home and tells her about. His yeah. new position as the ambassador to Great Britain. Oh, well, we need to leave at once. We need to pack our things. And she's <laughs> like, why? And he's like, well, well, because of the ambassador of America to Great Britain. And she says, well, who's him? he yeah. or something? Well, yeah, what about him? And he said, well, you're married to him. Yeah. I thought that was actually really cute. Uh, yeah. They, <laughs> like how he set it up to tell her. You know, and then. Oh, I thought so, too. Yeah. And then they go to Britain and they go into like, <laughs> again, it's just a horror thing. But it's an absolutely enormous big ass house. But yes. he mentions that. It is. It's like a palace. It's an enormous mansion. And but then, he mentions that though. He's like, it's a little much, don't you think? And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So they're actually gonna actually go there and say, This is a big house. We understand yeah. that. He's like, Oi, where's me wee flat? I He's trying to blend in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's talking and, to the queen. You know, and there she takes him to this enormous, beautiful house, crazy grounds. They've got like a river. Okay, yes, I was going to say, <laughs> speaking about their walk across the grounds, oh. they take a very long walk. Bef- like they have an entire conversation that we are watching before they uh, check to see where their child is. With like an 18 month old child. Yeah, but beside a river. And then they're like, yeah. where is he? And he's like out completely out of their sight, like on the horizon. They can't see him. And you know why it is too? Because she mentions Damien. He's like, where is where, Damien? Where? Oh yeah. The, our baby that we were taking a walk with. And they're, yeah, right beside a tumbling rolling river. Yeah. Or stream, I guess. It's and small, but. Do you know what's funny about the, this scene too? Is that like, and then when they spot him and they're like, oh, Damien, and he's by the tree and he's like, He's like laughing and jumping up and down. And then when they pick him up, he's crying. So it's like, I don't know if like. He got glee from their peril. Yeah, or like the the kid was like, didn't want to be picked up. Yeah, oh, he's like, like ah! after yeah. himself. Yeah, these old yeah. people yeah, are exactly. rushing him, right? That's another thing. Because at first mentioned. he's like grinning. Another thing we've mentioned, right, is that this stars a very famous of time actor, Gregory yeah. Peck, oh, as much. Robert Horn. Yes. And he, at the time of filming this, was 60 years old. Right. He so looks, like, does he look older than he's that? He's got like a newborn child, you know, which I, it just seemed old to me for sure. No, it not to mention to me he's too. like ratcheting up in his career. He's getting promotions and stuff. It's like, dude, hang up the skates. Yeah. Like, you need to retire. Maybe he's just, maybe the role wasn't written for a 60 year old, but then they were like, oh yeah, Gregory Peck, sure. <laughs> yeah, maybe. He, I friggin' love Gregory Peck. He's great. He's, and he does a great job. He's, uh, he is good. He, he seems like fancy. You know, in a way that, like, okay, this guy's a high-ranking politician. He's got, like, the, the transatlantic accent that, yes. like, people used to have way back in the yes. day, like, actors. He seems uh, like he would fit in in any big business-type place or something like that. And Kathy is played by an actress who was, like, around 43 at the time. So, like, a little bit on the older side to have your first child, although it's certainly possible, right? I Yeah, I'd say pretty pretty old for your first kid. And again, I wasn't there, but you just think about during those times, I imagine it was even more so that the, that they would be a little long in the tooth for their first child, right? Yeah. But I think they probably just weren't supposed to be. Like Probably they just had some great they, actors. They just had some good actors that they wanted to use. Yeah, <laughs> Like when they hire like 30-year-old men to play high school. 
Yeah, I so that they can have real muscles. Do you know, well, that and also because there's some um, union requirements around how long a child and teenager can work. Yeah, you remember the good old days? You remember the good old days before all those child labor laws? Yeah. You could shoot any movie. Back when they, they you would have dreamed. They could work in the mines as much as they wanted. Yeah. So, okay, I guess, um, should we talk about... Well, I want to talk about the sex scene. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not, it's not graphic. This is not one of those movies that, like, includes gratuitous boobs or anything like that, as many horror movies do. But when he, like, brings her to the library and stuff, and... He's like, you might be too sexy for the White House. Yeah, wait, but they don't have sex, though. Well, it's implied. Oh, after that. Yeah, after that. I was like, that is not a sex scene. He just says she's sexy. I know, but she says, well, why don't we go upstairs? He says, why don't we go upstairs? She says there's no furniture up there either. Right, right, So he, like, takes her in the library is my impression. But I thought, although, like, obviously it's not something I necessarily want a picture for any reason but well why not i thought it was cute though i thought like i I like these people's relationship it seems very loving me too they they seem very loving and like as much this is gonna sound silly considering the big decision he made without her but he seems to really to value her opinion on things i agree and i thought there were some nice scenes where he's what's the matter kathy and she's like oh nothing he's like well if there was something the matter you'd tell me wouldn't you yeah, he's not dropping it. He's not, oh, well, she said everything's fine. I don't know. You know, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, how am I supposed to know? I'm just a man. <laughs> he's just a simple man. <laughs> and that's another thing. This guy's got his sight sets on the White House. It's how old are you meant to be? <laughs> yeah, I think that they had a script and then they <laughs> they retrofitted it or whatever. Well, he doesn't get there anyway. So Ah, oh, alas, no. But so it- I'm just trying to look at the timeline because I thought that there was just some cute stuff going on, but the yeah, river, the river scene that, was like that pretty bad. That stuck out to me because I was like, Where? you don't get that far away from your little kid. A little bit on the negligent side. And that's just the way my mind goes to like, maybe I run a little more anxious than Kathy and Robert. Oh, I mean, I, I do, but also that's ridiculous. <laughs> I thought the birthday party scene, like the birthday party scene is like quite iconic, the birth- right? And, and quite the birthday party. Well, that's what that. Bitchy, that's what that bitchy photographer says. He's like, I don't know if we're here to see the heir to the Thorn Millions or Jesus Christ himself, which is like, hey, that's poignant, right? Yeah. Um, oh, but what did you think of the transition to grow Damien up with the, the photographs and the um, happy birthday song on the xylophone? I kind of liked it. I thought it was good. It's it was a good transition. Good. And I always think that it's interesting, too, when movies do something different that is not all just movie you know what i mean yeah it's broken up by something movies that do funny transitions or like split screens Mm -hmm. or or funky things that most movies don't yeah i like it super cool and do you know what i thought i thought that um kathy was a little bit rude to the nanny she was and she was like no i'll take him she was getting like territorial about her own son yeah you know which i i I was like you hired the nanny i thought that that was a little bit they were clearly showing that for a reason so it did it came off as harsh to me too because, well, and I also am very much like, you got to be nice to service people. Is Fair enough, right? I fall on that side. Quite of a class divide there, clearly. Oh, my God. <laughs> because yeah. they're clearly mega rich. Uh-huh. And then that's when we see the first. Although, you know, with politicians, are they actually super rich in all cases? Or is it like, like, you know, like the White House? Because it's like, yeah, you get to live at an extravagant, amazing house, but you don't get to keep that. You know what I mean? So maybe it's like that. So my impression, and I don't think the film really goes there, but he would probably have been wealthy for other reasons. before that. Yeah, because, I mean, I think that, you know, 
politicians have ways of making money and things like that. Plus they have a salary. Plus they probably don't pay for their meals. And, yes. That's what, you, that's you know what, what I mean. Think. But they wouldn't have millions of dollars from simply being a politician. I mean, in, unless there was any nefarious reason for mm. it. Right. Um, but yeah, like the birthday scene was cool. We were introduced to the kind of bitchy, sassy photographer and the hellhound shows up. That was cool. Like all yeah. the Rottweiler. Is it just one Rottweiler, I guess? No, I, th- I think it's multiple hellhounds throughout the thing because there's the ones in Italy too. Okay. And are they all Rottweilers or were they different I think in the movie dogs? they are, yeah. What was I going to say? I really love the photographer. I think yeah. he's great. He's got different ascot for every day, which is I really, really like him too, especially because – so one of the reasons I think I really love this movie is because it's a horror movie, but it's also like a mystery yep. movie. So there's an, a mystery to unravel that takes you through the whole movie, and he's the one who's yeah. really driving that. And forced into a team situation. Couldn't be more clear, yeah. Yeah, I'm, and I love that. Um, the birthday scene's amazing, you know, and it's iconic. I feel like – when people are talking about horror who don't really even know horror that well, they they could think of a hockey mask. They could mm. think of Michael Myers. They could think of the turning head in The Exorcist and like maybe possibly the hanging scene in this movie. When I when I think of horror, though, I, I, those aren't actually things that come up for me in my head. You know what I mean? Well, like, we're very nuanced and, and refined. Oh, yeah. We've got a refined palette for horror. So we're like, oh, remember that one frame from that one movie that was that was so evocative and yeah. so, uh, you know, bone chilling. We don't think of the surface stuff. Oh, no, we're very we're very deep folks. So they're like at this crazy birthday party with all this crazy stuff on the grounds, on the grounds, like the <laughs> carousel and, yes. and the clown. OK, so then <laughs> I actually really like what the clown does. Yeah, because the lady Big reveal, folks. This is like the first horror set piece of the, pretty much, the first horror set piece of the yeah. movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is just great. The nanny goes up to, and she must hoof it up those stairs because well, it's a big and, house. And the, she has a stare down with the hellhound, right? Right. As it, it's like compelling her to go do it. Yeah. And uh, she goes up to the top window. And I like that it's like a little bit of a slow roll because yeah. you hear Damien, Damien, look at me like before anything. And everyone kind of is like, what's going on? And looks. And they show her and you wouldn't know at first that she's on a balcony. She's, she's grinning. You know? And, yeah. 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 And like specifically calling for Damien to watch too is like just really spooky, scary. Mm-hmm. And then jumps suicide to her death. And uh, and this is where I like what the clown the clown like guards the little girl or boy's view from it. And I was yes. like, that's a good clown. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a horror movie clown who's just there. Yeah, to do who's something a hero. Good. Yeah, he's a yeah. hero. The scene looks great. It doesn't yeah. look like oh my god, that looks so old and out of date. Like I really don't think so. No. Um, and do you know what's cool too? When she crashes through the window, there's like a maid in the room who is yeah. then like screaming and like cowering from the shattering glass. It yeah, all looks so great. One thing she drops onto her neck, but another thing she just swings backwards oh, and, and crashes through crashes the front through of the a window. Yeah. And it was one of those things. I don't know. It makes me think maybe it was like a like a stylistic thing of the time, but, or like they just wanted to get the most out of their money, but they like show it multiple times from oh, multiple angles. Oh, they, they do that later too. I, yeah. I tried to like count it seven times or something. Yeah. And so, then so good. Uh, at one point, Damien grins at the dog. He sees the dog at his party. Too. And he waves. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 
And so from Kathy and Robert's perspective, it's just oh like a, tra- a trauma for their little boy at his birthday party. Yeah. And like, could you imagine being the host of that party too? Mm. I mean, like you have all these fancy kids and their fancy parents over. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, I'm like, so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What a faux pas. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. What will the neighbors say? And then he, Robert's like walking into some building, right? Mm-hmm. He's getting absolutely hounded by reporters. And yeah. I was like, do you think they really do would they do actually that? Do maybe that? they would. You know, you think so? I, no, I don't. They're like, what? oh, what did, did you know about what? the nanny? Did you know if she was on drugs and all this stuff? If something like that happened, yeah. Probably they would. That's kind of gross, It would be eh? like, imagine, I guess imagine if it was like at a senator's house or something. And oh, yeah. And died in dramatic fashion. They probably would. Or if it's part of like celebrity culture for some reason, like if he was kind of famous as well as being a politician. Yeah, maybe Kind of gross to think about, though. They're like hounding him down to get a quote about this dead woman. Yeah. You know, who is under his employ. I thought that sucked. But I thought... One of the things about is Robert a good guy, is he not? When he breaks that man's camera, I thought like he was being pretty genuine and he was like, if he felt really bad about it, he's like, oh, I am sorry. <laughs> Tells him to send him the bill. Oh, you know? I am. <laughs> but I was like, oh, okay. You know, like he's not like, oh, yeah. yeah, well, he shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Get Should, out my you know, don't walk into me with your camera. You know what I mean? And like paparazzi, it would be kind of hard to give them a lot of grace, I think. I don't know how celebrities do it, to be honest. Right. You know, I'd like to see myself as like uh, Tom Holland with the paparazzi. Maybe I'd be more of a Tobey Maguire with the paparazzi. Yeah, the way that he like absolutely <laughs> glowers. But he's also had many more years of for it. Years, than, for years. And they do dangerous stuff. Holland they get in front been. of your car. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was watching the uh, the documentary series, the Harry and Meghan one a little bit. And, oh, were you? And the first episode shows like a little bit of how the they as kids were followed around by the paparazzi and it's just pretty gross to watch. They're like little teeny tiny kids who are trying to like go skiing. Yeah. And there's like 30 adults standing 10 feet from them photographing them. Like it's just weird. Weird. Yeah. Like that's no, the word. even when they're not being like, they're like, Oh, Chased Hey, Harry, whatever. Or... Even if they're being, I mean, not surface level friendly, it's still weird. And I shouldn't need to pose for you yeah. when I'm trying to go skiing. And then Princess Diana goes like right, right up to the cameras, and she, she's just like, well, as a parent, could you please like they're they're uncomfortable? Could you give them space? And it's just like, oh, so sad, like wow. to have to do that, and she is being so measured and like, yeah, and, and so I just think that that would be extremely difficult to do. And the fact is, they don't, <laughs> they still don't leave them alone. Well, I mean, look what happened to Princess uh, Diana. Yeah. Jeez, our mom had a shrine. So. <laughs> when one of the people in our family had a new partner. They came over and we were we convinced them that my mom had a shrine to Princess Diana that she lit a candle with all the time and uh, took some convincing. But we got there. Yeah, we got there in the end. They're like, yeah, actually, I could see it. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, oh, she did. (laughs) Um, So as we're saying. So, okay, so he goes to the pap- paparazzi guy. He breaks his camera. He's genuinely remorseful over I agree. It. I thought yeah, it showed I good think... character. Oh, you know what? Maybe he was walking into his office. Because then next scene, he's up in his office. Right. And that's when he gets buzzed because the priest is there to see him. Then that's another scary, intense priest. Because he's like manic. So I'm, yes. Well, no um, uh, cancer ridden. Well, okay. But the way he's acting. Yes. Like, yeah. you know. Yes, yeah, okay. he, he's cancer ridden. That's right. If it weren't for, if we didn't know the story, then we'd be like, 
thinking this guy was behaving in could, a manic could way. Could be, yeah. Right? So you might look at his behavior and consider that maybe he's having some manic traits, could be in a manic state. We later find out that that's not why he's behaving strangely. Yes. But it might be a differential diagnosis. It's one of those interesting things where the context is important. Oh, right? absolutely because, it is, yeah. you know, if it turns out that he knows the apocalypse is coming because mm-hmm. there's a demon child on the loose... We could excuse his behavior, yeah. but any other time we're like, okay, I think this guy's having some acute mental illness <laughs> going on because he's behaving in bizarre ways in social settings and chasing this one guy around. But he basically goes up to Robert and he's like, he goes into his office and they think he's there for charity basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, you need to, I thought it was cool. He, he started by saying, you need to take the blood of Christ. You need to take communion every day. And you're like, okay, so Robert's still thinking this mm. is just a, a pushy priest, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Right? Just a zealot. And then he basically, like, he's like, I was there, Mr. Thorne. I saw the baby. I was at the hospital. And Robert's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And does he think he's being, like, extorted, more or less? Yeah, he does ask him if it's blackmail at yeah. one point. He he calls for security, but then he, he holds it when he starts giving information about the hospital. But then eventually he is taken out by security. And that really smart perceptive photographer mm. gets his picture because he's like why is this priest being let out by army mm. marshals mm-hmm. and then what happens next well let's find out i'm actually very i love um the whole backstory of that priest i wish there was a whole movie about him because he himself has the 666 on him as well right so what was the connection there so I, my interpretation was almost that like he almost could have been a Damien. Mm-hmm. And so he tried desperately to avoid it. And that's why he like became a priest oh, okay. and papered all the walls of his apartment the way For that he does later. Such. Yes, because he's trying so hard to avoid it. Yes. Okay. That is really interesting. I forgot about that birthmark that's on him. Actually. Yeah, because he's got one too. Yeah. And the, yeah, the photographer is like father and he looks and he gets like a perfect picture of him, which happens like multiple times. The same yeah. thing. But this is this gets into some of the craziest stuff about this movie that I'm like, okay, I love it. But then also I think that people would be more scandalized than the movie lets on. So like this is when Miss Bela does a cold call on their house <laughs> yeah. and she just shows up. And, and then the, wasn't she saying like it's the agency? The well, agency's... okay, yeah, their their servant, one of them, says, Oh, she says she's the new governess. And they're like, This is great. <laughs> and they both assume that the other Sounds one called good. her, yeah. right? And they find out that that's not true. And she says, oh, well, the agency. But that's not it. She said the agency saw what happened in the paper and sent her. Like, could you imagine? Yeah, so you're be... combing the paper. And you're like, oh, these guys are going to need my service. Because, look, someone just killed themselves. And, like, lucky yeah. me, it was a nanny. And I run a nanny agency. Yeah. Like, get our best. Miss Baylock, get yeah. down there. You know? It's like a... How, like direct mail, but with like a nanny. Yeah. And they, they just like, it's a cold call because they know they had a nanny, you know, complete Expired. suicide right yeah. in front of their house. And I just thought like, that would be insane. It completely would. Right. And she's like, just setting them, have them calm down. She's like, oh, well, you know, because of the agency <laughs> and all that stuff. And she says, she goes up to Damien and she's like, have no fear, little one. I am here to protect thee. Yeah. And it's all intense. But so like, good. That was making me wonder something. Does Damien know he's the son of the devil? Um, I had that same kind of question a few times, but 
I think he does. I think he's supposed to, yeah. But he doesn't have, like, some omniscient. He doesn't have, like, the intelligence and the wherewithal of a man. No. So no, because then he'd he, be he more a clever. Kid. He is a kid. Right. So he's kind of being guided along yes. by the dogs, by Miss Baylock. Yeah. Okay. But then do you think he loves his parents? I don't think so. Okay. I doubt it because of the way that he goes after Kathy. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. But I, I could be wrong. I mean, maybe. He doesn't really say anything to make you think like, oh, this kid really loves his parents. No. Right? Pretty soon after that, we get to another absolute classic scene where they try to take him to church. Yeah. That was really like beautiful church, big, amazing church. But when they're getting ready, Miss Baylock is like absolutely beyond bold to the point where even the most meek employer would never be like, what are you doing? Because she's like, (laughs) don't she didn't want him to go. So they're all ready. Like Robert's got his top hat on and his (laughs) coattails and everything. Yes. Yes. They're dressed to the nines. And she's like. Miss Baylog, bring Damien down. And she's like, uh, you know what? I, I think he'd prefer to go to the park. And it's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, so we're we, going. We Sorry. We want him to come to the wedding. Yeah. Right? And like, Kathy goes pretty intense. She's like, I don't think you understand. It is my wish and my husband's wish that our son <laughs> come with us to this wedding. But I don't think she yeah, has to lay it out that plainly, though. She totally did. Because even after listening. that, she's like, well, pardon me for speaking my mind. But do you think he'll really understand what goes on at a church? And it's basically like. Get him in the fucking car, Miss Baylock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, fuck you. He doesn't need to understand everything. Yeah. And so, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen it, this is like an all-time classic scene where basically they're pulling up on the church. Yeah. And it's like flashing to these really churchy things, you know, the steeple and like some of the statues yeah. and the cross and stuff. And, and he's getting kind of like, oh, and this is another time where it's like, I feel like maybe the child actor wasn't very good. Because he's doing, until they actually get to the church, he's doing nothing. But Catherine's like, there. Robert, Robert, <laughs> he's, what's wrong with him? And like, he's just sitting there. I'm like, he looks okay. But then she goes like, he's burning up. Yeah, he's got like a fever. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, ah. But then the he, kid's giving nothing. No, and then he basically just starts screaming. Starts yeah, like he has like a tantrum. and attacking her. But then, but then. I love that, like, then they open up the car door and Robert's like, no, and just close it and they drive away. And, like, the person who was trying to help him out of the car is like, and, and he's then, like, drive, drive. Yeah. And then, like, Lee Remick goes like, ah, and, like, lays on his shoulder, like, this poor guy. A lot of physical acting. Yeah. But the kid's basically just like, yeah. he makes horrible little squealy sounds. He sounds like the chest burster from Alien. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, it is a great scene. It's it, you're trying to bring the devil's son to church. Yeah, he's like, you know? ah! I feel like today they probably would have gone over the top with it a bit. Like maybe someone would have been smoking. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you like, know what? They maybe they would have tried to use like a CGI thing or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Too bad. No, but, but I, I think that it's like if I were um, the devil and I was laying out this plan, you'd want it to be something that they could just write it off as a tantrum. You wouldn't want him to start smoking or something, <laughs> you know, set off some alarms, literally and That's figuratively. True. That's true. Yeah. It's like he, he just freaks out. He was obviously uncomfortable. And they're like, what's going on with this boy? They're like, like he's like, got a fever. <laughs> yeah, he was sick. Just like when Reagan came down and told people they were going to die and peed. And they're like, well, she's sick. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it's a, even more excusable because he's five. He's five. She was 12. Big yeah. difference there. Yeah. Um, and then one of the things that I really liked that I noticed about his car, he's got this really cool handle. 
then he just holds that, on like, to it. swings from the... It's yeah, for like, what? For what? <laughs> so it looks, it looks like, like a handle of like a, a gardening tool or something. And it's just for literally hanging on to. And he uses To like it. pull yourself out or something. Yeah. I was like, oh, look at this fancy car. They don't make them like that anymore. Um, maybe they do just in I don't own a Rolls Royce or whatever yeah, it was. Well, maybe someday. And so where where do they go next? They go home. So I can't. Oh, and then she's like, oh, she's like patting her bruises and trying to like she's they're in the bathroom they're chatting talking in the bathroom, and she's trying right? to kind of fix herself up and she kind of she kind of brushes it off and says like, oh, it's just bruises, whatever, like as if it wasn't a big deal what he had done. You know what was cool mm-hmm. is that she says, "Oh, yeah, I mean, he's fine. Like his fever's gone. The kid's never been sick a day in his life." Right. And, and like, Robert's like, "Don't you find that odd?" And yeah. She's like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> you know what that reminded me of? Do you remember that movie Unbreakable? I've never actually seen it, and I'm thinking I'd really oh, like it's to. It's great. But he's yeah, because he says that he's never been. And it's like he realizes it. It's like, oh yeah, right. He wasn't taking stock of it day to day. He was just like, "Yeah, I can't remember a time I was ever sick." actually you know what i mean and it's like this is the same for them so like although it feels like kids get sick all the time especially (laughs) at damien's age would you notice if your kid never really did or you'd probably notice like occasionally like oh well there's kids in his daycare that are sick and he seems fine you know what i don't think he's ever been sick and so do you think um but the reason that it's kind of sticking out to robert is because he now has the idea planted by the by the priest who visited him that there's something up with this kid Good question. I think I can't remember if it's, it. I, I almost say like they waffle where it's like Robert thinking there's something wrong with Damien and Kathy thinking there's something wrong. Yeah. Because she also starts to think, I think this kid's messed up. But then she blames it on herself. I think that she right? also gets the impression that it's not her child. She doesn't feel a connection. Yes. Yes. Right. And, and so that is a time where I'm like, well, Robert, you got to tell her. Because she's Imagine feeling... how racked with feeling you'd be as Robert listening to her saying these things. Yeah. Thinking she's crazy. So like she, you're kind yeah, of she's gaslighting, gaslighting her. Gaslighting her. Yeah, right? exactly. Because she's thinking that she's crazy for something that... Crazy intuitive. Yeah. Probably um, really laden with a lot of guilt as well. Yeah. That like, people have you know, for not... I'm not connecting with my child with my properly. Child, or... yeah. So I think it's after he has that conversation with her in the bathroom he goes out into his hallway and he's greeted by a vicious growling by the dog, dog. <laughs> yeah even trying to wrap your head around that this is yeah when you're talking about how she overstepped before this i'd be like get out of my house now like I'm, I'm not the police i'm not calling you a cab yeah I'm calling- <laughs> can you imagine how scared you would be if you walked just boldly out of your bathroom down your own hallway and, and in your dogless there was a Rottweiler home, yeah, in your home where me? you don't even own an animal, there's an unknown big dog growling at you. Yeah, I'd be like, like oh my God. He's like, well, what's, what's the meaning of and this? And she's like, I thought we could use a guard dog, sir. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like, well, no. Like, and you, then you, you found, found him. him. You found yeah, him you outside. Found, you found him in the park and you made him a guard dog. Like, that's not how it works. So she finds this big beast and brings him inside. And she's like, well, Damien's taking quite a liking to yeah. it. So I think we'll be keeping him, Mr. Thor. And he's like, get someone here to take it away tomorrow morning. Like, yeah. he, he is firm, but he's not like, what the fuck is wrong with you? No, and it's like, I don't need someone to take him away. I'm going to open the door and get this guy out of my house. Yeah, and like then call morning. Yeah, and then I'm going to call the friggin' dog nappers and say, listen, I released a wild, like, scary dog on my property. Come get him. Yeah, like, he's very understanding with her, despite laying, you know, he's laying it out patient. firmly. Yeah, we need to get rid of it. But he's like, you know, I... 
it's your first strike, Miss Baylog. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to see anything more like this going on. I would want her and the dog right out of my house. No, yeah, no kidding. Right? Like, I just couldn't imagine how terrified I'd be. And and how could you reconcile a person thinking that it was okay to bring a dog into your well, that, house? Well, that's the thing. It just shows, like, what what planet are you on? Exactly. That you think that you can do that. Yeah, so that, I thought, like, poor, that was Poor awesome. Robert's got a lot going on. Yeah, the poor guy. On top of being an ambassador from one very big, important country to another, which is probably stressful enough, he's got all this stuff going on, right? They just replaced all the windows from where the nanny crashed through them, you know? Yeah. yeah so that's a good point. And is it shortly after here that they go to the zoo? Yes. Yeah. Which is another awesome scene. Okay. Uh, one thing about the zoo I'd like to mention. He's wearing a very 1970s little leisure suit on a little teeny <laughs> tiny boy. Yeah. He's wearing yeah. a very funny little outfit. I know. So cute. And then, so apparently to evoke the scary behaviors out of the baboons, like, baboons that they got, they starved them. Oh, they like were ravenously hungry. That's awful. And yeah. And that's why. well, I, I imagine they didn't starve them long, but they were like really, really hungry is why they were acting. Right. So friggin like aggressive and agitated. Yeah. yeah. That's what I've heard. That was a super cool scene. You know, I think it's one of the things that like baboons, apes, monkeys, that sort of thing. They're so much like us that we can kind of recognize it. Oh. So them freaking out about the presence yeah. of this kid was really impactful a lot more than the scared giraffe. Yeah, I who cares? They run away. <laughs> so I can't even tell what emotion a giraffe might be having. It's just kind of loafing around. But and the monkeys, like, like, they convey it in a way that we're like, okay, these animals know something's up here. And just, you know, on a visceral level, they're so scary because they're big, they're strong. Their and, teeth. And they, yeah, because a baboon is has like a dog face with the, like the long snout mm-hmm. full of teeth. But then they're also like a monkeyish body. Yes, they are a scary animal, <laughs> and uh, and I think that like they were seriously on top of the car and stuff. And like Lee Remick and Harvey is the name of the little boy. We're actually just in the car, like probably scared to death. <laughs> like, wow, yeah, it'd be like Cujo. Like they were really there, yeah. But with, with except monkeys. except that the Cujo dog was a friendly dog when the cameras weren't rolling. <laughs> These baboons are they wild were really animals. Off. <laughs> yeah. I did think though, like, can you imagine how friggin' awesome that park would be to go to if it could exist today? Like, oh, wouldn't you yeah. love to drive through a baboon enclosure? Oh yeah, like it'd be so amazing. I feel so conflicted about zoos and um, and right. stuff like that because I love seeing animals in real life. Love it, mm-hmm. so cool. But I also know that it's bad for them, and you know they're they're not kept in environments that are healthy for them and that they suffer when they're in there but i feel really conflicted because it's like but i want to see them (laughs) yeah yeah i just thought like because we've been through to some drive through you know yes but those i don't i don't feel bad about because they are um they're canadian animals but they're like elk and like caribou and stuff like we didn't get to drive through like the wolf enclosure or the no. bear enclosure but they get to drive right through the fucking baboons yeah, imagine if you drove you know what though the problem would be if you drove through the like black bear enclosure or something you'd have to stop because they'd come investigate and be biting on stuff yeah your tires probably yeah exactly <laughs> and then you'd be in big trouble the elk just come get your carrots yeah so jenna and i have gotten to go to a place a couple times uh which is actually in uh, the province of Quebec, 
where you get to drive right in and you get to bring like carrots and vegetables with you yeah. and just feed all these big Canadian animals that are in the park. And it's actually pretty sweet, but oh, like obviously awesome. they're so conditioned, like they come right up to the car and like they're pushing to get carrots oh, from yes. you. Like it's not exactly like a wild animal encounter in this at its peak or in, you know, the purest <laughs> I, fashion. I don't want a pure <laughs> a wild animal <laughs> encounter. No, thank you. <laughs> But it's a great park. I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. But that's that's what it was making me think of because they got to drive through an enclosure, and I'm like, oh, I would like to do that too. Yeah, maybe I'm sure you can in the 70s. Not not in that way. No, I'm sure you can't. And yeah, so poor poor uh, Kathy is really going through it. Robert doesn't have really any scary experiences with Damien. Only Kathy. Yeah, you're right, and that's when he comes home that night, and that's when she's like laying in bed. Um, and she's like yes. robert i need to see a psychiatrist yes. like i'm having these crazy thoughts yeah i think there's something wrong with and Damien. he's like he's like okay yes and he's you know props to robert yeah. he's like you know he's like kathy i love you <laughs> and he's like hugging <laughs> yeah. her and stuff in bed he's like oh we'll get you a doctor of course we will <laughs> oh i love you <laughs> he's so nice and she's he is like so sweet robert i need to see a psychiatrist i have such fears <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh man but a genuine nice interaction, but I mean, too bad for Kathy. Yeah. And then is it when is it that Damien's playing on the pool table? That's not yet. Not quite, but she's all at the end of is her she, rope. She's like, "That's my luck." She's like, "Get him out of here!" Yeah. <laughs> and like that's one of his few lines. He says something about like, "Hi, Daddy." Yeah, and he, also, he says like, "Hold my hands," and he like flips him. Right. <laughs> Which is really cute, actually. Oh yeah, they do like a skin the cat. Yeah. <laughs> Soon after that, we get a really cool shot of that uh, dork in his, his dark room. The dork in his dark room? Yeah, with the uh, when he's developing his pictures. Yeah. He's starting to look at them with like a critical eye. He's all freaked yes. out. I really love this feature of the mystery. Absolutely. You have to love like camera, like a, a film developing scene. Yes. It's like uh, in The Ring, too, where she's looking at all the photos oh, at such, like, their such squiggly a great faces. Thing. It's like a spin on the classic microfiche investigation oh, in the library yeah. scene. <laughs> Do you know, oh, what, what movie has like a good microfiche scene is Red Dragon. Oh, yes. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so when he's like developing the photos and stuff. Yeah, I like I love this feature of the mystery, the and that they get progressively darker. So cool. It's it's great. And they're the kind of reveal later that of why the photographer wants to be involved in the mystery. But that doesn't happen until they're in the apartment. So I think at first he's like, why is this happening? Well, like, what's wrong with this picture? Yeah. yeah and then yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. wait a minute. What's wrong with these multiple pictures across time of these people? specifically? And he, he's developing a picture of the priest. So at that point, he's seeing like the black line. Right. Yeah. And he's kind of like, it, it just kind of, he doesn't say anything. It just like shows him to be like, well, there's more to the story that's developing yeah. at the same time. Show don't tell. Right. And then what's next? Robert goes to a rugby game. Yes. To try to learn the culture, I would imagine. Yes. And they're like, keep that, keep that scrum tight. Keep that scrum tight. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, bring them down. Get them, boys. And uh, he encur he's encouraged to go have a beer with the lads. Right. And that's when the uh, priest rushes up to him again. And he's like, your wife is in danger, Mr. Thorne. And he's like grabbing on his shoulder, like <laughs> hanging off him. And like very patient Robert doesn't do anything. He doesn't punch him. He doesn't no, say like. No, because someone would be like, get the hell off me. <laughs> like, because he's gripping his arm. 
<laughs> and he's in like, public. Your wife is in danger. And he's he tells him where to meet him, meet him in the yeah. park and all that stuff. And again, the She'll photographer die. goes, father, and has him turn yes. around and pose for a picture again. The guy's just like, is he like on a personal Robert um, Thorne detail? Well, you know what? I think that there are specific like press cores okay. for different things. Like, you know how like in the White House, it's specific press people yes. who are at the briefings. Right, and stuff. right. Might be the same kind of deal. And then he shortly after does go meet this guy by the yeah, river. Yeah, which is when we get so much cool information dumping. Like we get the the poem. Yeah. You know, uh, like when something, when the comet fills the sky, then yeah. you and I must die. From the eternal sea. Yes. Uh, he rises and creating armies on either side, turning brother against brother. Till something, something dies. Does, do they say die again? No, I think it's a different rhyme, rhyming couplet. That's all right. Put it in the show notes. <laughs> we'll write the poem in the show notes. <laughs> um, but like, yeah. so cool. And obviously he's still acting, you know, rather irregular. Yeah. And oh, and so so what all does he does he tell him there? So I believe he just explains more about how he was at the hospital. He tells him that, you know, his son is the yeah. Antichrist, right? Oh, and he tells him who to, who he's going to meet oh, in the Middle what's East. What's the name? It's a weird name. Bugen. It's Bugenhagen. Bugenhagen. Yeah, like, what kind of a name? <laughs> he's like, meet Bugenhagen. He'll know what to do, yes, basically. In, but it's in Israel, right? Yeah, do they go to Jerusalem? Or Bethlehem? Let me see. Where does Priest tell say, Robert where is Bugenhagen? to meet <laughs> <laughs> like they couldn't have picked just a more regular last I name. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is Bugenhagen. Maybe it's from a certain, you know, uh, denomination that would make sense that he's some kind of archaeological guy. Maybe. And where does he meet him? Does it say? In Tel Megiddo, Israel. Oh, Israel. Okay. Tel, Tel Megiddo. Yes, I remember him saying that, actually. So he sends Robert... He tells Robert to go see Bugenhagen in Israel. And Robert's probably like, what the fuck is happening? But he remembers it all and then puts it into play later. True. Yeah, he tells the photographer later. He's like, Bugenhagen. He said Bugenhagen. <laughs> yeah, he says boogity boogity or something like that. I mean, you know, condolences to anyone named Bugenhagen. It's just not a name we hear often. No. <laughs> and, that you know. From there, like, everything starts to kick off. This is when we get our first, like, epic death scene. I guess... Okay, so I actually thing, wanted but... to talk about... Because the I think that this is better than all the other death scenes. Because I... It's amazing. I like that it's nature itself. The storm is so cool. And it's, like, instant. Like, I don't know how they made that, that yeah. courtyard full of trees... So dark and blustery, like it looks awesome. That's true because you know it does I mean? look like it does look like it's genuinely outdoors. Yeah, it doesn't look like a soundstage. Yeah, it's got like this these beautiful trees, and he feels although he's probably surrounded by people relatively close, he feels really isolated because he's in like a square made out of these trees, right? Do you think he he rushes to the church then to try to be saved? Yes, because I think he's that trying he, to get in the door. And yeah, stuff? he's trying to get away, get sanctuary. What happens for anyone who hasn't seen it? Okay, so... So tell us about the photographs first. Okay, so the, the photographs of the priest have shown that he has a line going up sort of from his collarbone diagonally up 
And as more um, pictures have been taken closer to the time that we're at now, they're connecting more to like closer and closer to his body. And so he's then the storm whips up just after his interaction with Robert. And he is then running, trying to get into the church because he he knows what's up. He knows that that it's probably uh, something to do with the Antichrist, that this is happening to him. Right. And so he runs and tries to get into the church. Church is locked. A big, tall, like lightning rod or spire of some kind breaks off the top in the in the storm and impales him diagonally and then leaves him standing. And you know what? Like yeah. that, um, like the camera is framed on him for like several seconds to show. So and I think cool. it looks great. There's I no know. blood or anything, but it's just great. It looks awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. And like even Very by today's effective. standards, I think it looks really good. Another thing that he was saying before we go too far to Robert is that he knew his wife was pregnant. Yes. So he knew Kathy yep. was pregnant. And he said that before he Robert said Damien will kill yeah. the fetus in your wife. It. And he says he won't stop until everything that you have is his. And he'll establish a counterfeit kingdom on earth. And I'm like, at first, like if you didn't know how the very end of the movie happened, it would be a little confusing because it's like, I mean, the I'm sure that the ambassador to Great Britain isn't like a secession plan type thing hmm. where it's like your son go, becomes the ambassador. Hmm. But, yeah. you know, once you see what happens at the end, you understand it. Plus, he, I guess, would inherit all that wealth, yeah. right, to be more powerful with. But that was cool. And one of my favorite things about that conversation, he's like, I don't know if Robert says, like, I'll be seeing you or I don't want to see you again. He says, like, you asked for several minutes and I've given them yes. or whatever. And he's like, probably says, I don't want to see you again. But oh, yeah. He, point, like, he points him right in his face. He says, I hope this is the last time I see you or something yes. like that. And, but then the priest is like, you will see me in hell, Mr. Yeah. Thorne. And I was like, "Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. As he's leaving. <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he says, oh, I forget what he says, but he says something about that. They deserve it. Like, and we'll get our right. just something. Yeah, and one of the things the priest said, I think he was looking for penance himself. Like, he was trying to do all this stuff because he wanted Jesus Christ to forgive him for his part. But so my question is, does he have a part or is he just needing all that just because he was born with the... Maybe. That that was kind of but my... But why was he at the hospital? I don't know. My interpretation was just that, that he was purely a victim. Right. But, may, but maybe but that was But he could tell wrong. what was going on. Yeah, and that, that he had some intel basically because he... My interpretation is kind of that Satan throws a bunch of darts at the board and sees what sticks. Right. And Damien happens to be the most successful candidate, but that he could have been one of them. That was my interpretation yeah, that's a cool, of it. Yeah, that's a cool way to think about it. And so that there's like could be other people walking around with these birthmarks, too, but that it never came to fruition. But they would have to meet the prophecy as yeah, well, like, like in terms of like the comet being there and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was that was kind of the way that I interpreted it. There's a point where Kathy mentions she doesn't want to have any more kids and she wants to have an abortion. Yeah, I kind of like the way that she set that up because she goes, I don't ever want to have any more children. And he's like, OK, she's like, so you'll agree to an abortion. Yeah, I'm already pregnant with one. That's true. And one of the things that happens to and this might be a little out of sync, but there's there, there's a picture of the dead priest impaled right on the cover of the newspaper. And I'm like, well, maybe that wouldn't happen. Like, <laughs> These days, there'd be a trigger warning for sure. With that. What, with like a flap that you like lift? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and then it's a pop-up. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, ooh, man, this uh, this newspaper is going pretty yeah, hard yeah, in the like, paint. 
just putting like the corpse of an impaled priest um, on a church grounds just right there for everyone yeah. to see. Some some like eight year old boy delivering these newspapers. Like, yeah. oh shucks, look at that. Yeah, what do you see in the paper? Extra, extra, read all about it. <laughs> Dead priest. <laughs> Jesus. Um and the doctor as well wants Mr. Thorne to agree to the abortion. And he says yes. he won't. Because it's been prophesied. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you were the doctor, I was gonna say to you, if you were the doctor, you'd be like the fuck? I'm like, okay, uh, psychiatry, uh, maybe you want to check in with Robert as well as Kathy. Yeah. That's so so he's get starting to be like, oh my god, what if this could be real? I'm not gonna let this prophecy happen yeah, so that I can prove to myself And then he, But you're gonna make your, your wife have a baby that yeah. she doesn't want in order he's to like, do that. Well, there, show do Damien. And you know what? Here he is making decisions again, quite yeah. unilaterally. Well, but also it should never have been his decision. I guess that's a seventies thing. It Might should, be a time. Uh, yeah, uh, because he had to be asked, apparently. That's what Kathy made it sound like. He had to agree yeah. to it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then and then the doctor's like, please don't leave, Mr. Thorne. He's like, I'm leaving. And he just like goes. He's like, please don't. He's like, I have to go home. And yeah, goes. he's like, screw you. I'm the ambassador to this country. Yeah. Dip, he says, diplomatic immunity. <laughs> and yeah, and then the doctor kills him and he says, it's just been revoked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, and then the movie's over. Talking about the same movie. Yes, yeah, so... From there, what I've got, we we move into the, again, it's probably a scene that's been parodied a million times, is the trike scene. Yeah. Tricycles are just scary, I guess. The Shining and this. Ah, the Shining. Tricycles yeah, are spooky. Um, and, okay, but, before, but Mrs. Baylock is like, go get her. Yeah, Miss Baylock is like, okay, it's time. Go do your thing, Damien. Yeah, and so this is the thing where it's like, is he like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go knock her down? Or is it because yes. Mrs. Baylock? So, but then I was like, or right. is Mrs. Baylock like, go for it and he just does it somewhat by accident yeah like is he a vessel or is he that's what is i mean he, is he like oh yeah i'm gonna go knock her down or is he like oh miss Baylock told me to exactly pedal this way so here i go i think he does intentionally drive right into her but how much of his behavior is compelled right yeah definitely is there even a damien like inside person yeah yeah like it does he have his own autonomy that's a good question yeah um but because yeah. because you know you know how we said he doesn't love them but you would notice if you had a five-year-old child who doesn't love you. You know what I mean? Probably. He just seems like emotionally vacant. Yeah, but maybe that's but then again, chalk like, that up to the acting. Maybe it's just because he really isn't in a ton of pivotal emotional scenes. No, which good. If yeah, because little... he probably would have ruined it. If you've got a five-year-old actor. It would be hard to direct. I yeah. Think. Uh-uh. But it's like, okay, even before this kid runs into her with it. Okay. Oh, he rides his tricycle on the second floor, does he? Hmm. Like, what about that staircase? But that's neither here nor there. And I'm sorry, that is a, uh, we have already established that it's a crazy house. That's a crazy house. And you know what? I wouldn't have been up on that stool, tricycle or no tricycle. This is exactly what I was going to say. There's a banister that's probably three and a half feet tall. Yeah, not to coach. The drop is like 20 feet. So Mm. it's not like, oh, it's like two 10 foot stories on top of each other. Like this is a grand house. It's a long way down to the bottom floor. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, am I going to then stand on some rickety wooden thing that puts me way above the banister and reach to the top of my reach in order to... To water a stupid fern when she's got staff? Yeah, exactly. I don't think you need to be doing that, Kathy. Yeah, exactly. Like, she must be a plant mom or something like that. Yeah, a millennial plant mom. Right? But yeah, he, he crashes into her. Oh, but then it, obviously it's on purpose because then she's hanging and he's like staring right at her and happy, has a bit of a scar. Happy about it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. She's hanging on the banister. They're staring at each other. She's like, oh. and, and he goes, long live the king. <laughs> yeah, with his eyes. Yeah, I mean, it's all. In- so I guess this actor really can act because yeah. it's like he conveys quite a bit. But yeah, and then she falls and it's Belly like a first. really like slow motion. Yeah, and she goes like, oh, and there's no sound except for her going, oh, spinning around and landing on her belly. So it is cool that you follow her all the way down. But I thought, like, did it look a little ropey because it I was kind of slow? I think it looks kind of silly by today's standards. Yeah. I think that I think if it was remade like now and again, I don't remember this scene in the 2006 one. But if it was remade now, I think that they'd do something, I don't know, maybe a little bit more sleek and stylish. Mm. Although maybe that was sleek and stylish for the time because it was definitely it not just choice. someone falling. Like, no, yeah, it was yes, a choice. Exactly. Like, it, it was, was choice. supposed yeah. to be stylistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, every other death scene, and that's not a death scene, by the way. Yes. Uh, all well, the other death or death. injury scenes, you know, like, they're pretty well shot, I think. That one seemed like maybe the, the fall dragged a bit. And yeah, so it was a that long made fall. Kind of funny. It does make it seem like there's a very long <laughs> and way she's, to like, got to keep, like, a facial expression the whole time. And then... Very shortly after this, obviously, she's in the hospital. And I I know that it's realistic that she would have a lot of, you know, that she might have some breaks. But I'm sorry. Her cast <laughs> looks so stupid. She's got this big, like she's in traction, this big, stupid cast. And it's like her arms are like up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I kind of like that Robert is helping the nurse steer the bed into the room. I think it's pretty cute. Yeah. And then... Jeez, and then he just globe trots while she's in the hospital because he's well, there in the hospital. Another thing. <laughs> then he so goes all over. Robert gets to the hospital and yeah. he's like devastated, right? And the doctor says, Oh, she has a concussion and a broken hubris. And then he says, Oh, but she was pregnant. And the doctor goes, No. And <laughs> doesn't even say, like, Yes, she was pregnant. But and unfortunately, she lost, she yeah, lost yeah, the baby. Yeah. He's just like, No, she's not now. It's like yeah. he knew that she lost the baby, but he's just like, no. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that's harsh even. Like, I don't care what time era it is. You think you'd be like, you no. know, I'm sorry, Mr. Thorne, your unborn baby died. Rather yeah. than be like, nope, not pregnant. No, not pregnant. Can't be pregnant when it you lost your fetus. Oh, yeah, you she fell. used to be. It's like, you knew what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, no, no, she's not she's pregnant. Not anymore. Freaking doctors. He probably just finished like 10 smokes and a bunch of cocaine or something. Yeah, and prescribed the same thing to the patient in the next room. And again, paparazzo snapping pictures of him on his way in. Yes. So is it, is it now then that they that he approaches him? Yes. He calls him. He calls him, eh? To, to get yeah, his... and he's like, is this about the camera? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's and right. he's like, no, it's about you. Yes, and, he, and the photographer lays absolutely everything out. Yeah, the so photographer's the, been the doing some great. Room, right? Yeah, while there's a lot of personal drama going on in Robert's life, the photographer's been doing the real work, putting in the hours. Honestly, the photographer is like a, an amazing detective mind. Yeah. And so, like, he picks up on these weird things going on in his pictures. He realizes that two of those people have died. He got and, permission and, and how to they go. Died. Yes, and he got permission to go look around the priest's yeah, apartment. Yeah, he went with the police. Yes. He says he went with the for police. Them. Yeah. And okay, so and they that, basically thought this guy's crazy. I don't care if you look in this apartment like that. He, I think he says yes, at some point he did. He said because he's insane, they didn't mind if I poked around. It's like what? Yeah, That's which is crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, why would the police say that? It's like, oh, he's mentally ill. Yeah, go for it. Go ransack his room. It makes 
no sense. It's very. It's a narrative device. It is a narrative sure. device. And uh, maybe that's a sign of the times, too. But it's like, can you imagine that now? It's like, oh, this person has a Go mental through illness. Things. Go for it. Rummage through it. My yeah. goodness. Yeah, that's true. That's but an that, ugly thing to, to see. <laughs> but that is what he did. And so he goes into this guy's apartment, which is very, very cool. This is, I feel like, some cool story building. That's. I wish that there was a movie about just this priest. Yeah, that was really cool. He's got 47 crosses up. Uh, and he's got some of them are really ugly and mangled yeah, looking. You know what? I think some of them were palm were palm fronds, you know, like Palm Sunday. Oh, okay. a couple of them were like funny shapes. And I was like, that's weird. Yeah. I was like, maybe it's a palm frond. Some of them look like crude. Yeah. You know, and like he's got he's wallpapered every inch of his room with Bible sheets. Very cool. It Like it was super cool. Nowadays. Well, any day. You would walk in there and think like this is the room probably of like maybe a person who was schizophrenic or something like yeah. that. They yeah. were having some kind of psychotic episode. So what I would probably interpret and you know what? Images of people's homes are used in the diagnostic process. Really? If families have pictures of you know, say I had a picture of my husband's home mm-hmm. and I wanted to show that he was living in a really squalid way. I could okay. like, like, you know, maybe that he's not taking care of himself and like you it's a dangerous a environment. Way, you can use that as a way to show his declining functioning. Oh, that like, absolutely. He's not doing well right now. He's uh, really ill. Absolutely. We use it for support in our, like uh, p- doctors use it for support in their diagnoses all the time. Right. Um, because you don't get the full picture from s- sitting and talking to someone in the hospital. Right. So like. There are the more information you can get, the better previous hospital admissions, talking to family. So and photos are a part of it. And we've had people that looking at what their living conditions are is a pretty clear indicator of how poor their function is, as you yeah. can, as you could assume, like people with a hoarding type situation we've had where yeah. they're living in unsafe conditions because like their food is rotten and stuff right. like that. So we definitely have used that to support a diagnosis or a reason to um, hospitalize someone or treat them. And it, it's interesting because yet again, here we are talking about a religious preoccupation mm-hmm. that probably would be looked, you know, if you didn't know the story of the movie, you'd be like, okay, there's a delusion. It's clearly they're yes. preoccupied with, a, with a religious idea. He's using the Bibles and the crosses to try to protect himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, it was, uh, it was really cool. And it was almost jarring to walk mm. in there because that's that scene is so unlike everything else in the movie yeah i right? i kind of love it me too there was something written in red on the wall too i couldn't really tell what it was but it is a cool scene that and it, he took his own picture in the mirror yes remember he says like well what does this have to do with you being actually, oh yes because he asks he asks it could i help you and robert says it, it's my problem it's got nothing to do with you yes. and he says that's my problem too the reason being Yes, so he took his own picture in the mirror, and he's got a line right across his neck uh, laterally, right? Yep. Yeah. When we're kind of talking about men- mental illnesses and how we diagnose them, and one really, really important feature of a mental disorder that might require hospitalization or treatment is how much it affects someone's function. Right. So if someone has you know really outlandish beliefs, but they're functioning well, you're probably not going to treat that. Right. But this guy visibly is not functioning well, right? He has, his behavior is bizarre. He cannot socialize appropriately with mm-hmm. other people. He has secluded himself to this one room without even being able to see out the windows completely to himself. So that's some evidence that not only does he have some beliefs not espoused by most people, 
but also he's not he is not functioning effectively to probably to keep himself safe and healthy. So is there a distinction sometimes between a delusion that's basically medically relevant and one that's not? Um, no, so like, not let's really. Say like, let's say somebody thinks that there's a government conspiracy behind everything and that there's like a big, like a big coordinated effort to make things happen. That's like a nefarious government type thing, but they're going to work. They're, you know, they're doing the things that they need to do. They're healthy physically. Well, like, is that going to be something so I think that's they... worth identifying and, and trying to treat or not? So here, here's the thing. I think you could rightfully technically call that a delusion. Yeah. You could still use that term, right. but no, you wouldn't treat it. Like the fact is that it's not a disorder until it's messing with your life. Much like anxiety, right? Like yeah. every single person has anxiety. Yeah. Yep. Where's the threshold? How much do you have? And can you live life the way you'd like to because of the anxiety or is the anxiety yep. stopping you? Right. Or you might know lots of people who have narcissistic traits doesn't mean that they meet the requirements for narcissistic personality disorder. Looking at one right now for the yeah. listeners. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm the best. So to me, uh, it's all about it's all about function. It's not it's not something that you want to treat just because someone is different. It's something you want to treat because they can't function well enough to live a full and healthy life. Right. And I think that sometimes people who are um, a little bit anti-diagnosis, anti-medicine, mm -hmm. uh, anti-psychiatry kind of uh, sentiment can come uh, with the idea that like, well, you know, you're pathologizing me just because I'm different and this and that. Yeah. Uh, and so, what? yeah, what I would say to that is it's completely fine to be like different and takes all takes all kinds and whatever. Mm -hmm. But if someone, it, it, it shouldn't be minimized that if someone has symptoms that are stopping them from functioning in the society that we live in, like fairly or not, if you can't function in society, you can't live in many cases, right? Right. Your quality of life will have a steep decline. Yeah. And I think, I think some people maybe don't acknowledge just how much so. If someone can't function well enough to keep a job, for example, yeah. that person might also become homeless and then they're malnourished and then, you know, like it goes on. And what it the real world consequences of that, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but that person dies. And I, I think that people don't sometimes look at mental illnesses as potentially fatal, fatal. dangerous illnesses. Right. Um, because they, they don't think it all the way to the end. Sure. Fair enough. And, and you know, that and that, you know, your health is just a holistic thing. Yeah. You yes, know, and the certainly. longer you're extremely mentally ill, like, believe me, your physical health will follow very closely. Oh, right. Like, no it, doubt. you just can't really separate the two the way we do so casually, I think. Yeah. Um, one of the things, too, like, there's a difference between a thought being true and untrue and a thought being helpful and unhelpful. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, I could perseverate on a bad thought, quote unquote, bad thought that is true, you know, mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's helpful. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm going to die one day. That's mm -hmm. not a conspiracy. I really am. Yeah. But if I sat around, if I could not stop thinking it and I sat around thinking it all day to the point where I felt crippled or paralyzed by this thought yeah. that needs treatment too. It doesn't have to mm -hmm. be a delusion, but it's like, I need to learn a new perspective or, or consider my perspective and some some ways that I can use my thinking more productively to be healthy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think like the way they did up his apartment, 
yeah. it's evocative of a lot of stuff relevant to mental health. You know I, what I mean? I think their visit to the apartment might be my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's a the priest and the actor was good and like uh, the priest actor. And yeah, and he's he was. so he's so intense and he seems like I don't know. He seems so vulnerable and scared. I think that he yes he puts so much out in his performance that he he is scary, but he's also so visibly like scared and trying to I don't know. He's scary because he's not menacing. But you're no. like, what's up with this guy? Yeah, you're like, what? Yeah, what's exactly, real? exactly. So like, he's unpredictable, right? And so then after this, they go on a fun buddy trip across <laughs> the world. They do go see Bugenhagen. Yeah, they go see. They go see. Initially, though, they go to Rome. That's their first stop. So they go to Rome, and, and the photographer tries to talk the people through where they're trying to get, which is the old but, hospital. Yeah, and well, and Robert speaks some. Very American accented Italian oh, yeah, to the he, cabbie. He was living there, right? Yeah. Yes. To the cabbie and and establishes the fact that they're at the right address, but the hospital that the baby had been born in is had burned down. And then they talk to the nun nurse about that. Yes. Yeah, so nurse. where is the where is the nun nurse? She's in the new hospital, and she says like, and because he, yes, he's asking her yes. like, do you have any records left? from the old hospital and she's like I oh, know it's burning the fire. <laughs> yeah, she's like I don't know what you don't understand about paper and fire. Yeah. But yeah. they all burned. One of the things that happens before they go to Rome. Um he goes to Damien's room and the Rottweiler's sleeping in there and it's like growling at him <laughs> yeah, again. Like, he doesn't even wake Miss Baylock up. He's like, "Oh, she's going to get a stern talking to from Kathy because I'm off to Rome." Yeah. No, <laughs> oh, no Kathy's me. laid up like in the shape of a pretzel in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And imagine imagine a Rottweiler sleeping in a strange Rottweiler yeah, like sleeping one that in your 5-year-old's room or know about and requested yeah. be gone. Just I'm not not against any breeds. I'm pro Rottweiler. I'm not pro strange wild rottweiler i'm not pro home. any strange dog in my no. house that i've asked to be removed in so, my yeah. child's bedroom <laughs> and it just does so happen that the rottweilers in this film are scary looking they growl yeah. oh, they're well. big and strong they well, look they're menacing big, strong dogs yeah and they're from hell and they're hellhounds in so this don't, case. okay i am against one breed hellhounds, hellhounds. And i think what, that's fair what if it's a mix Oh, okay. Well, yeah, maybe the smart, maybe the intelligence of the poodle will win out over the yeah. evilness and of then, the hell. And then it's hypoallergenic. Oh, there you go. Do you know what? I know they're illegal, but um, I think that the half wolf breeds that, you know oh how some God, people have. so cool. They're so cool. <laughs> I love them. I'm like, that is so fucking cool. That I, your dog ran off into the bush and now you've got a half a wolf. Hooked up with a wolf. Good for you, dog. <laughs> yeah, Man, go get how, it. How cool are you? Go get it, girl. You impress some wolf. Yeah. Um, it's like, that's a sexy dog. <laughs> I, I did. what the wolf says. Oh, okay. Yes. Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> <laughs> the wolf says. <laughs> is it a Spanish wolf? <laughs> no, it's like, uh, you know, like a sexy sound. <laughs> like. <laughs> he goes, I'm going to do a bad one, our weak ass with <laughs> There you go. Oh, yeah, you know what I'll do? I'll get one. a soundboard of a nice whistle. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> so, oh, you know what I did once meet, though, when I was walking through a dog park? Was a guy who told me that his dog was like a suspected half dog, half coyote. Oh. Which was like, I'm like, what? Damn. 
You know what? Was, was, I with, was I with you? Yeah, I think it was uh, we were visiting Ottawa. Yeah, because I kind of remember that. Uh, but, like, wasn't it a big dog? Like, coyotes aren't big. Coyotes aren't big, but it'd probably be, like, his size. Yeah, that. but that was cool. I was like, I didn't know that yeah. would be possible. Pretty neat. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let me see. Where were we? Okay, yeah, so they do find that kindly nun. Who says she? She is very nice, considering that she's they're doing her best. Considering man. that they are Big pelting language. her with questions in English. When Big language barrier. Yeah, and she basically gets across to them like, okay, oh, you know what was funny? Um, Robert says like, there was a priest. He had eyes, dark, piercing eyes, and she's like, oh, I know that motherfucker. Yeah, she's like, I know that guy. <laughs> like, could you imagine someone says that to you, and you're like, oh yeah, that's my friend Paul. Like, I know <laughs> who you. I know Paul. who you mean. And then, okay, she tells them, yes, a sanatorium, yes, blah, blah, blah. She tells them where they can find him, although he was badly burned. And then she steps onto the absolute <laughs> most ridiculous, crazy elevator yep. ever captured on film. It's, a, it's in constant motion. It's about as deep as this tiny little nun is. And it's <laughs> yeah. basically like a dumbwaiter that's constantly yes. moving. So she hops onto it. It doesn't have a door to close. No. She just needs to keep well back from the, the other floors passing in front of her, I guess. So like picture closets with floors and ceilings and they're going up constantly. So you can imagine like you need to get on at the right time. But what if your toes hanging over yeah. the edge and you don't, you lose that toe. What if you trip like, oh. or, or like then you, okay, I think my floor is coming up. Okay. My eyes are above it. Yes. This is my floor. Get ready Dive to jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, but she just steps on it. Like it's no problem. Like that is probably the most dangerous elevator that I could even conceive of. In a hospital. And I couldn't, I was like, well, that can't be real. Why is that like that? But and just casually gets on it. She's like, goodbye. It yeah. was like Mary Poppins. Like, I was going like, to say, like, literally Mary just, Poppins. Like, she just goes on. She yeah. just casually steps in and she's like, ta-ta, That's goodbye. That's so funny. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> it's insane. So the stupid elevator. Yeah, like, my, my note is literally, what the fuck is that motherfucking yeah, elevator? Yeah, and when you told me that, I kept my eye out for it. <laughs> um, again, this, this, so in the same way that the detective in the exorcist was amazing so is this photographer yeah, yeah. like he really missed his calling yeah but it's not his actual paid job like yeah, it wasn't it, the he's one. just a moonlight or it's a hobby he's a hobbyist yeah. detective he makes the connection between the line in the poem about the sea the eternal sea the eternal sea politics that is politics and this is when they're just they're just having coffee together yeah it's pretty cute they have i uh, like their relationship it's one of jenna's favorite movie tropes which yeah. is buddy Buddy forced into a team <laughs> situations. Yes. So in the same way that that Chris Tucker had to work with Jackie Chan, yes, they made yeah. him. Uh, Robert Thorne has to work with this photographer man. Or like in National Treasure, how uh, they kidnap the girl, and it's like, well, she has to work with them in order to rescue the Declaration of Independence and keep it safe because that's her calling. Or the mummy. When, yeah, absolutely. When the girl the mummy. has to work with Brendan because Frazier, he's the only one who knows where the both city kind is. Kind of unhappy about it. Yeah, until they're very happy about it. Because she thinks he's just it. some sexy brute, and he thinks she's a total stiff. Yeah, sexy stiff. But somehow they make it work. Yeah. Uh, welcome back, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> the Renaissance. <laughs> welcome back to the forefront of Hollywood elites. Yep, can't wait for And them. you know what? I You always were in my mind. Yeah, I, you never lost uh, sight of him. I love the mummy. Live for the mummy. It's so good. So they're now they're having their coffee and kind of talking about the meanings of the poems and realizing yes. just how well Damien fits into it because he comes from the political family 
And then, oh, okay. And then they go see the priest right after that. He's in some creepy, oh, cool place. And how weird is this? So everyone's worshiping or something. Yes. And they're just walking through. Like looking so at them all. They just kind of boldly go in. Yes. Right? Bold as brass. I, I did think that. And what did you think? So they do find him. And then all of a sudden they reveal how he looks. Like, what did you think of uh, his two-faced look? Um, I mean, in terms of like the makeup, I think it looks pretty good. I think, I think it looks the fine. effect is good. But I do the think. The eye's creepy. I do think that it's a little bit inappropriate that. Uh, like, so. Robert knows he's been burned. Yeah, he, they were prepared. And then, and then he, like, covers his mouth he's and, like, like oh. yeah, yeah, it's like, he's injured. He's healed. He looks it's as okay. good as it's going to get, yeah. Robert. And, like, he looks okay. I mean. I mean, he looks injured. It looks a little scary. Can't deny Yeah, it. well, yeah. And it but, I mean, it's almost like a jump scare. Doesn't like, help. I think we can be forgiven for thinking it looks at least a little scary. But, I mean, I think that Robert's reaction was inappropriate. He should have steeled himself. Yeah, because he knew. Yes. He knew what he was walking into. And he's there to try to get some help. Although, you know what? This guy's evil, terrible, bad. Although, repentant now. I guess. He's just laying there. Well, but he had also, he'd been, I thought the other priest was kind of speaking for him because that guy hasn't said a word. He said he's being punished. Yeah. He said his, his interpretation of his own injuries is that he's being punished and he is in penance. Oh, and it, there was a, it was something um, like a passage saying that if you do this, you take my right eye and my right hand or something oh, like that. Oh, yes, you're right. Okay. Which is what had happened to him. Interesting. Um, And then, so he hasn't spoken a word since the fire and but now he can communicate by like he writes to them but he like mostly doesn't mostly doesn't still pretty much non-communicative so then robert and understandably he's under a lot of stress he's very nervous that his son is going to bring about the apocalypse but he like shakes down violently this injured very old priest and is like tell me damn it (laughs) right and and the guy does write it what are they trying to find at that point uh, are they know. literally looking for the gravesite? Well, that's what he's, it ends he's, up being. He's saying, where's his mother? Where, Where's mm. the mother, right? Oh, yeah, like they want to talk to them. And mom. then he writes out the yeah. cemetery, <laughs> yes. right? And then the other priest says, he's like, where is it? He's like, well, there's nothing there. It's only graves. It's like, duh, that's what we're trying to find. Like, that's what this guy just told us we need to find. And then he says. Well, or is it a reveal? Like, oh, there is no mom. She's dead. But they told us that right from jump. They told yes, us they the did. Yes, died. they did. But then maybe he thought they were lying. But anyway, so then he finds out, yes, you need to go to the he, cemetery. He does indeed send them to the cemetery, which is like, again, one of my all time favorite things. Like, it's so cool. They it go, is. they break open two of the graves. One of them was for Damien's birth mother. And it's a jackal. And it's the, the remains of a jackal, which is just like so cool. And so it's supposed to legitimately be that the mom it, not a metaphor. The mom really was a jackal. Yes. Who gave birth to a humanoid baby. So when I was a kid, I think I thought that they almost like replaced it yeah. as almost like a, a taunt or an FU thing. But like now my interpretation is like no, it, was it was literally born out of the belly of a literal jackal. Yeah, I think right? so too. Well, and the priest who died by um, impalement mm-hmm. um, had earlier said, remember when he was in his office, he said his mother was a jackal, but he kind of gets cut off. Yes. Yeah. That's when they're like, get out. Okay. Get out of here. Yeah. He's like being literal. And he probably thought he was just talking garbage about yeah. his mom. Yeah. It's like, oh, she was a dog. <laughs> she was a real jackal. 
Um, but then they also break open the yes. the grave of, of Robert Thorne and Kathy Thorne's real baby. And yeah. there's a very distinct like hole in his yeah. head. But do you remember? And do you remember him saying he's like, maybe it'll be empty. Like maybe my son's alive somewhere. Yes. And he's so like, sad. they murdered him. Did you notice during the scene, the occasional dog hellhound POV shots where it's like in the bushes yes. and like, yeah, it's from the uh, perspective of the dogs. But all through this, I think that. Gregory Peck does a pretty good job of evoking all the different, all the many conflicting feelings you would have. Me too. Because he feels like he's mad at, because Damien's not his kid and they killed his real kid. But, yes. But still, Damien's the kid that he's been raising for the last five years. And he probably still, even after all this craziness, is having a hard time believing As that you his should. son. And he does right up to the end until he finds that birthmark, right? And even still can't do it. Yes. Yes. And uh, so then. They get set upon by a bunch of vicious dogs. More hellhounds. I found that scene actually pretty tense. Yeah. Watching them try to get away from the dogs. And and then Robert literally like eviscerates his arm. His arm falls on a spike on the wrought iron gate. And it is like beyond. It's like right through and through. I know. I know. And he's hung there. His photographer friend needs to come and lift him up and off of it. And like Gregory Peck is like 6'2 or something. That is a heavy body hanging off a spike through your bicep. Yeah, of this 60 year old man. Jeez. Yeah, uh, it's a gross injury. Although, I mean, it's not super. Today, the makeup effects would be like horrifying for that. (laughs) Yeah, they would go over the top maybe with it. But like, they really don't pay it much attention after that. They're like, oh, we got you off. And they No, he has a band aid. Bandage. Yeah, bandage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, yes, so eventually they do escape. And then they're off to their next. Well, oh, no. They're in the thing. hotel, right? And that's when yeah. we cut to Kathy, who's all laid up still. And that is a super scary scene with Miss Baylock when yeah. it just shows her face that, oh, she looks scary. Yeah. I did find it to be a bit slow. Like the reveal, and then she kind of like walks towards her. Yeah, it's just a lot like of their faces. on her face for quite yeah. a while. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I actually wanted to talk. So I think that there's a good thing and a bad thing because mm-hmm. as she goes out the window, I think that the stunt jump looks a little bit funny because it's just she does like a slow arc mm-hmm. and it just seems really obvious to me like that's a stunt person. Right. Which I mean, it should be. But then when she falls through the top of the of the ambulance, a little bit silly that you'd fall through the top of an ambulance. But when the doors slam open and she's all laid out, that was all cool. dramatic, looks great with the with the blood th- from her nose and eye looks awesome. Yeah, and I was honestly a little surprised because, like, obviously it had been a, a minute since I'd seen it, but I was expecting, like, we've seen a scene plenty of times where a body lands on a car and it gets, like, crumpled. No, but know? she goes through but it. But she goes right through it like it's a false floor. And then falls, and like, on, onto like, the, the gurney. Host- she's on, like, the gurney, yeah. And the door comes open and, like, that was a very dramatic scene and I thought it was a good kill scene. And Miss Baylock, like, she really does creep me out. Oh, totally. I find her quite totally scary, she's actually. Creepy. Um, I think she's a good, good actor. But it's just like such a sad end for Kathy. She's yes, not with is. her husband. She yeah. had no idea this big plot that was going on. She didn't know any of and it. And they call him on the phone and he's like, they're like, yeah, Kathy's dead. And yeah. he just like has, he just lays there like he's upset. Oh, poor Robert. And that that's a, I mean, pretty good too, because he's not like, I think it's good that he's not like, 
mad, he's sad. And yeah, I think that yeah. often people may, might want to portray a man as being... That he goes, like, right to revenge or something like but that. But he just, he's, like, laying down despondent in the bed. Fair Which enough. I think is a better kind of representation of how you would want to react when you're sad or grieving. Up until the point that he goes right back to the mystery the next morning with well, his friend. Or I thought you were going to say that he says, Kathy is dead, I want Damien to die too. But I mean, he does now think that Damien is the it's reason. Like, I think it's like theory confirmed in his head. Yeah, oh, no kidding. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, man. And like, I don't know, like, Miss Baylock must have made a pretty quick escape. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, she chucked her out the window. Do you think she's magic? Maybe, maybe she can do some maybe operation she's like a type stuff or something. But they, they certainly never overtly show us that. Well, if that's but happened. she also does. Yeah, anyway, later. So and then yeah, they go. Don't they go to like Israel the next day? Uh, well, uh, okay, yeah. So they must go. That's where they meet Bugenhagen. <laughs> and he basically tells the photographer to fuck off because he needs to tell Robert what to do. Yeah, yeah. So Bugenhagen's like, hey, get out of here, man. Like, I, I got to talk to Mr. Thorne only. And he says, use these knives, put them in the shape of a cross. But he, sa- he says, How you put, elaborate. put this one in the center to kill the body. And then, and then it's just like, it, he got, it's kind of a circular conversation because... He's like, well, he has to be the Antichrist. And he's like, he has to have a birthmark. And he does. Uh, he's like, well, well he doesn't. He He's like, but he must. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, but what if he doesn't? Are you telling me that maybe he's not and that I'm going to just kill my son? Because, like, that's not good enough. And he's like, check the hair. Check the yeah. hair. And, yeah, so as the photographer is trying to kill time, he's kind of walking around and uh, we get, like, the best kill in the whole movie. Yes. Well, so then they leave and it's like. Yeah, because Robert's with them, eh? Yeah, but but Robert's way ahead for some reason. Maybe okay. he stormed out of there after talking to Bugenhagen. And then the photographer, whose name is Keith, is like chasing after him. And he's like, Robert, you've got to tell you've got to tell me what they, what he said to you, whatever. And he says he wants me to kill him. He wants me to stab him. And I think that it's a really good acting from Gregory Peck, too, because he looks he's so like visibly distressed. Like, even though he knows at this point, he's he said he wants Damien to die. The idea yeah. of it is still really doing it himself. He's. And then here's a, a good throwback to the old injury, because then he gets mad and he like throws the knives and then he grabs his arm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have <laughs> tossed that. Um, and then Keith is like, I'm going to go do it then. And he goes and picks up the knife. Uh, and he says, yes. I'll do it myself. And as he's doing that, there's like a truck up a hill mm-hmm. and whatever the brakes were, they let go. And it was carrying sheets, big sheets of glass. And uh, it doesn't crash into his body. It like stops short of that. Mm, yeah. And a sheet of glass slides off perfectly at his neck level and severs his head. And his head like rolls on yeah. the glass. And it's another one. They, they show, show it like, from like seven angles. angles. Yeah. <laughs> they show like they cut, 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 cut yeah. like seven times to show it. And Robert's like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, and then he goes like he covers his face and goes like and and. There's like civilians too, but they're shown to be to like run up at it, and then they go ah. Like <laughs> they run up to it. it and then like run away from yeah, it, pretty but, much. Oh, there's a good shot after his head's been taken off, where the head has landed, and it's like his face is reflected in glass. Oh my god, so cool. Yeah, and so like that Keith's now dead face on his head, separated from his shoulders. We've seen plenty of decapitation scenes. Where mm. do you think this one fits oh. in? Uh, it's legendary, no question. Yeah. I thought the severed head Ta- looked okay. 
I, I think that while it's spinning through the air, it's it looks quick. a little bit silly. But I'd say that it's like maybe maybe it's number one. I can't think of a better one. Yeah, maybe we'll, as we do this podcast, maybe. we'll we'll have it as a benchmark. Yeah, I can't think of a better um, one. But I thought it looked good, and like especially for yes, 1976, absolutely, it's not some CGI cartoon of a head coming off. Thank no, God, thank goodness right? for that. Oh, I was gonna say because I forgot to mention it when they were in the priest's room, mm-hmm. but when they were talking about his birthmark, the uh, Robert goes concentration camp. Like oh yes, where he, and uh, Keith says yeah, that's what I thought too, and I it just struck me as interesting to think. Back to a time when that would have been so much in I mean, recent-ish history. Yes, exactly. Like right. obviously, World War II still like looms very large in the public consciousness, mm-hmm. everyone's, and the Holocaust specifically. Yes. But the fact that it would have been so close that yeah, it's like, like this is an elderly man. He yeah. could have been there. Yeah. This yeah, like sure. this slightly older guy. That oh yeah. True. The most reasonable explanation is that he was a like in a concentration. Yeah, that it, that that took me by not surprised, but I took note of it too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It just kind of really brought me into the time period, I guess, yeah. in the seventies, in an, in kind of an interesting way. For sure. And the fact that I don't know that they were so much both on the same page about it. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like, interesting. oh yeah, I thought so too. But mm-hmm. yes, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of the glass sheet scene, this movie, I think, like when I think of it. It's got so many elements. That's to it. what I think of. It's got so many elements to it. Definitely, I I associate it with that head decapitation mm-hmm. scene. But I think that this movie had enough elements to be like a proto Final Destination. Yeah, yeah. right. Like that because like one of its hooks almost yeah. is these elaborate deaths that are forecasted. Definitely. Too, right. So I just think like that's so cool. Kind of ahead of its time in that it eventually became like. The whole thing for Final Destination, like oh, that's yeah. what Final Destination is about, and there are like six films. Yes, right. <laughs> but I just thought, like, how cool! But that's not really what this movie's about in its entirety. It's a really cool it's feature of it. of it. It also has an amazing story. Yeah. It has an amazing mystery. It has great acting. Like, do it's you got think, so much going on? Do you think that there was a time, maybe in this time, where like there wasn't as much of a taboo for actors of doing horror? where you could get a really famous actor to come do your horror property. Like, I feel like there was a yeah. dip, there was a dip where if you were going to see a famous person in a horror movie, it was because it was one of their first films. Mm-hmm. Right. And now I think we might be at a time where people can recruit famous actors to be in a horror property now. But I was Got wondering, like, cool factor now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. Well, but I feel like it wasn't always that way because, like, Psycho mm-hmm. is a horror movie. And I don't think that anyone thought that that was, like, day class A. But maybe I'm wrong. Right. Maybe it was at the time viewed that way. But I don't think so. Well, I mean, Hitchcock had a lot. Of, like, he was very well regarded, I think, even in his time. So not one of those, like, you know, he was only appreciated afterwards kind of thing. He was super famous. But I guess what I'm saying is that I think that uh, there was a time when actors might not want to appear in horror movies because they would think that they were not not classy or they were, good they were lowbrow or and something I do, and i kind of think that it didn't start that way because like yeah, exactly. psycho and rosemary's exactly. baby and so i don't think that they were viewed as like bad movies but then in the 80s or something they were like oh they were trashy right right so they started to be looked down on yeah which is then where we end up with this weird term now of like elevated horror yeah. versus regular horror which by the way jenna and i are not fans no of. and uh, like if so 
Again, does anyone call Psycho was elevated horror or like you know? Or what some I mean? people would probably debate us and say it was a thriller, but like it was it's definitely a horror it's like movie. a grandfa- one of the grandfathers of horror. Yeah, you know what I mean. No question. Yeah, that. Dude, that's, that's, a, that's a horror sound. <laughs> yeah, like that's for sure. And that's what it's from. That's for sure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I was just curious about that. Like, it, it's interesting, and I think nowadays you can get famous actors to do horror as long as they have a feeling that it's a good script and all this stuff. Um, so, like, the movie is almost winding down at this point, which so, is crazy. Do you know what I was thinking? <laughs> is the fact that it, it's like go 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 stop. Yeah. <laughs> it the the climax is like very quick. Oh, the climax the is over climax. so fast. Um. So at this point, yeah, Keith is dead. Robert knows what he's got to do. Everybody's dead. His yeah. wife's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's Keith is dead. dead. So he he goes home. Doesn't even have a priest to harass him anymore. He goes home and he's about to go pick up his son. And here we encounter the one and only jump scare of the movie. Yes. I think that this is an all time great jump scare to me mm-hmm. uh, where he because you're so one of the things about a good jump scare, I think they do like some POV stuff where you're so focused on one thing that you let your guard down. You know what I mean? So he is painstakingly slowly cutting the hair of a a five-year-old boy who does not wake up. You know, he reveals the birthmark. And as soon as we get a good look at the birthmark, like Miss Baylock just jumps on his back. And do you know what I love about this fight scene? Two two things. I I love that, (laughs) that she's like, at least in comparison to him, Petite little woman. Yeah. And he's throwing her around. out all the stops, though. That's what I was going to say. I love that she fights dirty, oh, which yeah. she would. Yeah, of course. She's, like, biting him repeatedly, all these different spots. And he's, like, he, like, bangs her against a dresser. And yeah. like and she's, like, oh. But, like, <laughs> she's not trying to fight him. She's trying to kill him. Oh, yeah. Right? So, like, she is doing absolutely anything. She's, she like, animalistic. Of. Yes, exactly. She's gone full fair. And I guess I like it, too, that it's, like, she's not, she's not being dainty or cute or anything. She's, like, ah. Yeah, she's gone like she's gone. She's gone wild. animal. Yeah. She's gone wild, and that jump scare really got me because I was so focused on the stupid damn scissors yeah. and like the little cutting and like the teeny tiny birthmark on his head, and then she just like jumps out of the shadows. That that is true. When they bring your your attention to something fine, and you're almost like holding your breath about it, and and so then everything in the theater is like tense and quiet, or in and your it's like boom, yeah, Miss Baylock. Yeah, and then you get Baylocked as as they call it. And he kills the shit out of her. He but does. How, how does he event? She's trying two, to stab him. And two he kitchen implements. Her, right? And she pulls him out and then and dies. And then dies, yeah. yeah. That was a really great fight scene. Oh, oh, oh. And the hellhound is like. Ooh, In the like basement. It, like it like feels her death kind of yes. thing. That they're like connected. So I think that she's she's something um, kind of magic. But she's obviously. Totally. She she's obviously flesh and blood. Though. Element. But she's flesh and blood and she dies. Yeah. yeah, and then so here's the thing. So then he mm-hmm. gets he gets his kid in the car. He shuts the kid in the car, and he <laughs> speeds out of his own oh. home. And if he hadn't been speeding, he would have succeeded because he's speeding out. And then there's a cop who's like, "Hey, hey!" and sees that, he, and he won't stop. True. And so then he follows him, and then they're like, "Oh, we're leaving the ambassador's house at, at a speeding." And then. And then they call the other cops and the cops say like, oh, possible diplomatic incident. Like, so it, it basically raises the alarm. Good if he point. had just been driving the speed limit, he may have been able to accomplish what he was going for. And it's not. That he, so although he's a composed man. Oh, he's, he's falling apart at this point. And he's got all Baylock scratches on yes. his face. 
and he does show his agitation in his driving. There's another scene yeah. where he's coming down the road. I think something was wrong with Kathy, and he's like just burning past cars, <laughs> swerving all over the road. So this is happening again, but at night. So he's got like a tail, right? He's got police tail. Yes. And gets to the church, busts out the knives. He's holding them over Damien, right? And that's where we get one of Damien's goes, again. Daddy, no! Yeah, one of his few lines again. And he's like, no, daddy, no, daddy. And he's ready to, and he he puts the knife down, right? Like, he's like, I can't do it. Well, but then he, he has it up when the police and the come. cops come. Yeah. Right? They, they come right in the door. They're basically like, you know, drop that knife mm-hmm. or I'm going to shoot yeah. you. And then he picks it up really quickly yeah. and super uh, slow-mo on the yeah, gun. Yeah, it goes like. <laughs> I think we even see the bullet moving, which is really you funny. You definitely see this, like, smoke. Yeah. And that's that's it. He's dead. And then, yeah, like, so just like you said, like, the most exciting things have mostly already happened. They don't build to the climax of him trying to kill Damien. That's in, like, the falling action, basically, yeah. I would say. Um, because the most exciting Or you could say that there thing, just is no falling action. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's like a cliff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and then straight to the funeral. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we see the funeral, but we, we get the little exposition that, he has been adopted by the president. Yeah. So. Which is really cool. It was a little random seeming, but they laid the groundwork enough that he was mm-hmm. a university friend mm-hmm. of Robert's, that they stayed close and that they obviously had a good relationship. Mm-hmm. So he was able to execute his plan mm-hmm. by having all these things happen and having Robert die and stuff. Like, even though it looked like it wasn't going well for Damien for a little bit, now he's gotten even closer yeah. to the pinnacle right yeah, so, so maybe maybe it was all it maybe it was all kind of part of the plan when i'm seeing something like this i have the feeling that it was kind of written that way you know what i mean that like yeah. it was meant to be according to the devil mm-hmm. right and that maybe maybe robert wasn't even close to stopping it like yeah, you never know maybe right it was never in the cards anyway yeah predestined and you know the part where the little boy looks at the camera and smiles so uh, i i I think it was in on Shutter, the one series I was watching that breaks down different horror movies. I think it was on there that I saw, uh, and apparently the director was like, seriously to this kid was like, "Don't smile! Like I just want you to look at the camera. Don't really? smile!" And and the kid, like you know, being told what you can't do, thought it was funny and did a little smile. <laughs> and he's like, "And it's great. It's super creepy." Yeah. Totally. So I, yeah, I don't know. Gets the point across for sure. So. I think it's pretty clear we love this movie. Any yeah. final thoughts on it? Oh, big. I'm I'm a really big fan of horror movies that have a really strong story and not just a strong kind of scary idea. Right. You know, yeah, even, good point. Even though there are some great horror movies that all they are is a good idea fleshed out. A few good set pieces. Le- like Hush. That is a cool idea. Good point. Fleshed all the way out. And it is a good movie. But I, I like something like this that, yeah, the scary thing is like evil, devilish kid, but there's so much more going for it. Like the the mystery, really kind of rich characters and backstory. Like you could talk forever about this priest in Rome who tricked him into, yeah. into adopting this kid. I'd, I'd like to know how the jackal, who delivered the jackal and how they killed his kid. You know, like, there's so much more. This is a bit of a hot take, but this is a, one of the cases where I would probably actually really welcome a prequel. Oh, me too. That would be so cool. Like I would to love to learn more about the story. What all happened there? So I just think that there's so, so much to it. 
And yeah, I, I do yeah. think that there's a little bit of gravitas that comes with with Gregory Peck. Yeah, and and I mean, you know, he was clearly hyper famous, but he was also Very really famous. good. He oh, was a great yeah. actor. He was famous and, you know, a really top of his class actor, I think. Oh, and when he was young, he was gorgeous. Oh, Atticus Finch. Younger than that. Younger than that. But yes, at very handsome Atticus Finch. Yeah, but I agree with you. I think one of my favorite things, like I love all the horror. I love all the set pieces. The the deaths are amazing. You know, certain series like Final Final Destination or before that, Friday the 13th, it was all about the deaths and the what they were able to show mm-hmm. and the practical effects that they could use, not so much Final Destination, but the way that the deaths looked, the way they happened. And this was ahead of all of that. And it had it all as well. Yeah. Like that the deaths are, were incredible. You anticipated yeah. them and they gave you a little bit of foreshadowing with wherever the black thing was in the picture. So like what a mm-hmm. cool idea. And it's this big mystery that spans across multiple years, multiple locations. Mm-hmm you know yeah. multiple characters mm-hmm. and and that yeah, really like, keeps me hooked i'd like to know who who's bugenhagen why has he been waiting <laughs> yeah and he's in this like when they go it's like he's in like the ruins of a city he's in, like and he's an in archaeological this, like, dig and he's in this like underground place yes and yeah like what's what's with that priest who also had the birthmark why did he have the birthmark i unless that was like subtext that i missed which is possible but it's um it's so uh full of all these different avenues it could attain. There's so much going on in this movie, but sometimes when that can be like kind of messy when there's too much going on, I don't think it is here. It all works and it's all it's super hilarious. interesting and adds to it. I, so I I really love it. And they still had enough time to get across what I feel is a very human relationship between he and Kathy. I think that they did a good job with, Me too. I mean, realistically kind of limited scenes together. They weren't together all that much, but definitely I got the impression that they were a loving couple. Yeah, so and that makes that everyone's that motivations it. clearer. Like that helps to increase the stakes, right? Yeah, yeah, and it makes it more sense that that would be the turning point that Robert's like, I want Damien to die now. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, so we love this movie absolutely. I think that this is a movie if you are a person who is right on the verge with horror, Ooh, like yeah. you can you can take it, but you don't always go for it. Like, I think this would be a good movie because it does not abuse anything gory. Yeah. Um, it definitely doesn't yes, abuse the jump the scares. the deaths aren't that gory. No. And it doesn't abuse the, the jump scares. It's got a couple. But other than that, it's just like a creep factor. I think that this would be like a little bit of a shoulder movie from drama to uh, to horror. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. Because it's there's... Couple. Yeah. So I, I think that it, it could be a little bit of transition movie if you were trying to get into horror fair enough i yeah i think it's so good like you just throw it on on christmas like it's like a good a comfort movie oh i love yeah like the it's comfortable there's something comfortable about it and it's like we have watched it probably quite a few times but revisiting it for this podcast i really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. and there were things i never noticed like the fucking elevator yeah crazy (laughs) we hope you enjoyed this episode as always, feel free to reach out to us at the fear response podcast at gmail.com. We would really, really love to hear from you. Anything that you wanted to talk about, anything that you feel like we missed or misrepresented or movies that you might like to hear us chat about. So again, thank you so much and we will see you next time. Bye. I asked my dad, like, one of those fun conversation-starting questions. I said, what animal would you be most afraid to meet in its natural habitat? 
and he's trying to like I don't know be Sorry, clever. Sorry, turns out quirky. our dad's an edge lord. Yeah, and he says a human. Like that, <laughs> we're like that's not true. Like, objectively, that's <laughs> you not do true. that every day. Yeah, exactly. Like, are you just? I meant literally like constantly terrified. I meant like a bear, a shark, <laughs> a and lion. Like, oh yeah, hot take. Humans are the real monsters. And yeah. it's like, Yes, I understand Ba-boom. what you mean, but you're not afraid to see a human. Yeah. <laughs>